I follow something that is true to me from the start, which is my own curiosity and wanting to learn. And so there is something truly authentic to someone's values or core being. Follow that. And you don't have to put tight reins around it. But I think in wanting to share about something that's important to me, the definition of success becomes somewhat irrelevant. Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Matthew McCary of Real Everything, and I'm here today to dive deeper into how we can investigate Stacey Toth inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Now, before we get started, a reminder, this podcast is for general education purposes only and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness. And while Stacey is my wife, partner, and closest advisor, she is not your wife, partner, or closest advisor. We always recommend that you seek a licensed health professional, or your own spouse accordingly. And our guest today is Stacy Toth. Stacy, welcome to The Whole View. I am flushing right now, and I guess it's embarrassment. I don't know what we're doing here today because I haven't seen the outline, but I'm excited that you're on the show with me because listeners always love to hear from you. And we wanted to do something special for the 100th episode of the revised whole view with Stacey Toth and you and Lauren. Lauren is our team member who listens to the show each week and makes sure that the edits are clean and does our show notes and is otherwise an amazing human that I could not live without in my business. But you guys had the idea to interview me and have created questions that I have not yet seen. So this will be interesting for sure. Oh, we're going to have a lot of fun here. And because we're celebrating you, I wrote you a bio. You ready for it? Oh, God. No. If I'm already embarrassed, I can't even. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Hold on, because this is going to be, be a good one. Okay. You ready? Stacy Toth is a pioneer in podcasting and content creation with a 14-year career in trying to help people improve their lives. She started in the blogging space in 2010, and her website, realeverything.com, has been a mainstay in a healthy lifestyle space. In 2012, Stacy co-founded the then-named Paleo View podcast, now the Whole View podcast, and quickly gained a reputation as a well-researched science-based podcast that explored a variety of topics with a thorough and nuanced presentation. Almost two years ago, her longtime co-host, Sarah Ballantyne, left the show to pursue other interests, leaving Stacy in the unfamiliar position of solely leading the show. Rather than ending the show at that point, Stacy bravely pivoted the whole view into a new, more expansive interview format, marrying her hidden talent as an insightful interviewer to her already established penchant for research. The new re reboot features an astounding menagerie of interviewees and a variety of medical, social science, and personal growth experts all bring a unique point of view to the overall question at the center of the show. How do we live our best lives and keep ourselves healthy inside and out? In addition to her online career, Stacey's also a mother of four, an advocate for the 
queer and neurodiverse communities, a therapeutic foster mom, and, bravest of all, the victim of a 22-year-long relationship to a man who could never hope to keep up with her boundless talents. She's also co-written three best-selling cookbooks that spent over a decade in government contracting, started a very successful direct sales career, and somehow found the time to be the most extraordinary person I've ever met. Welcome to the show, the legend, Stacey Toth. Babe, that was really sweet. Because well, you had fun writing it, too. I, I did. It was. Because I think that you're cool, and I think that this show is cool. And I listened to it probably the second most out of any person on this planet. So I've, I'm familiar with your content as much as I can. You've made now 600 episodes. Do you realize that? Yeah, it's a lot. And 100 of them you piloted all by yourself. And I think some of them are your best best work yet. Thank you. All right. Are you ready to actually begin an interview, Stacey? Are you prepared to get on the hot seat yourself? Because I know you've put many people on there and sometimes you've made them squirm. Are you ready? <laughs> are you ready are you for this? Make me squirm? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> well, Stacey, this marks the 600th regular recording of your podcasting career. Could you imagine keeping your show running this long when you start in 2012? What is the secret to your longevity? Stupidity is not the answer, but it is certainly where my brain goes. No, I absolutely, of course, had no idea 12 years ago. Is that really how long it's been? 2012, yeah. August 2012. Whew. I remember talking to Sarah on the show on the phone before we did the show and our conversations were so long like an hour or two and we were geeking out about nerdy stuff it wasn't just like hey tell me how your kids are doing and being like we should record this I think that we were talking about doing a podcast before that you and I you had a I, couple of ideas and yeah. this is the one that stuck but I felt like there needed to be an expert voice like I have always really enjoyed learning it's why i married you because you are a wealth of knowledge what i call the king of useless trivia and i am just a very curious person who likes learning period it's why i love to research and i wanted to have someone on the show who i could ask the questions that i feel like are on a lot of people's minds or questions that they're like oh i wanted to know the answer to that and i didn't even know that i wanted to ask that question but to have someone more formal in, at that time, being able to speak to the science of paleo and all that kind of stuff. And so Sarah was a great fit and we got along so well. And you loved podcasts so much that you were like, oh, I'm excited for this. I'll make it happen. I'll do the technical production and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And if you would have told me then, could I imagine being here today where I am working from home? doing the podcast by myself, finding the guest experts and bringing them on and being on a network and having ads. Because for so long, the podcast cost us money. It was ridiculous how much money the podcast cost us in terms of like paying people to, like back in the day, we had Monica full time because I worked full time and she helped the show. We've had so many people that helped with the show. 
over the years. Absolutely. I could not have envisioned that like I would have left cor corporate America and both be here today. And at the same time, knowing us now, it makes so much sense that this is where we ended up. We just didn't see that for ourselves at the time. Can you imagine that you were 30 years old when you started this? Well, <laughs> so you already said it was 12 years ago. Yeah, I know how old I am. And I was a baby. Like, looking back, we were so young when we had our kids that we jumped ahead in our own maturation in a lot of different ways. And I think that my 30 wasn't somebody else's 30 for sure. And I feel like I'm the grandma of podcasting as well. I was just talking about this <laughs> in a different interview where it was like, there's not that many people who've been doing this double digits, right? Yeah. Like, it, I'm, we've been around to see a lot of change and different kinds of things. So I guess that makes sense. But also, I feel like a grandma. <laughs> Well, there's something about it that really compelled you to keep going, though. Like, what, what what is it about this format that really appeals to you? I process auditorily, I think. I like visuals. I love visuals. But I process by talking through things. And so I think it helps me learn. But it also helps me connect with and teach others. There is absolutely no way... That I would have kept doing the show if earlier book tours hadn't connected me with our listeners in a way that was like, I realized how my authenticity and transparency was translating to people who are listening in a way that was make a meaningful impact on their lives. And they truly felt like we were friends. And I'm sure we would be if I could connect with all those people. And I think like that connection just always felt really important to me. Like Sarah and I have talked for years about ending the show before we ended the show. And it was always we would come back to the listeners. Like we, whatever frustrations we were dealing with in our own life or time constraints or any of those things that it was important for the listeners to keep going. And you developed quite a fan base at this point who followed you for that length of time. It's pretty impressive that people have stuck with you that long. I am in awe of the people who have made the journey with me, that who knew us when we were talking about diet culture for children, which looking back is horrifying to think about, and then went on to take a journey of self-discovery and admission of like, hey, that wasn't actually the best for me or my kids. And being willing to admit that to themselves and to come along the journey with me to what does it look like to continue to improve on ourselves? Because we make the best decisions that we can at the time. But I think what sets true growth apart is the idea of being willing to say this isn't the case anymore like I know more I, I want to do better or I see somebody else doing something different let me be curious about what they're doing and why to learn that maybe what you know you've been doing is no longer what's known to be the best or whatever the case may be and that obviously applies to more than just diet culture but I am um, amazed 
I think that the listeners are just the best humans on the internet for sure to be willing to do that because it takes a lot I know because I'm also doing it alongside everybody right to admit I was wrong before and I'm sorry for things that I did or said before I knew better and was ignorant too and feel really grateful that not only are there those people that came along with me but there's new people who've come in since there was a recent review that was somebody who was talking about how she just found the show and she's obsessed and she listens every week but is also going back and listening to old ones and gets super excited when a bonus comes out and that's like that's magical that we get to make something like that agreed well speaking of that you've rebuilded the show and you made certain changes that widened the scope so what inspired you to shift in that direction and has that been worth it to move away from the more hard science nutrition medical topics to this more wide open kind of self-improvement direction okay well first of all i want to talk about how when i recently was talking to you about woo stuff when we were in hawaii and i was reading people's tarot cards and you watched me do it and you said to me something after that really has stuck with me because there is no one more technically science-minded than you right like you and sarah were always like the science people and i was the one who was like okay like i get it but also that's not my entire personality or obsession and i'm curious about those things but then i want to bring that into a larger conversation that's always been who i was the translator of the show so to speak (laughs) and so you said to me afterward i've come to realize that a lot of this woo-woo stuff i'm gonna you didn't say that but i'm gonna like put in brackets because that's what you meant at the time is really about self-discovery and the lessons that we can learn from our own intuition and listening to ourselves and that has meaning and value and power in our lives and it was like I just wanted to take that nugget and moment and like put it in my pocket for later to remind me that sometimes when I'm talking about the different directions in the show about emotional growth and some of the other less scientific topics all go into a big pot of what really does cover us holistically as people and our overall well-being which is where I really wanted to take the show and I think ultimately if you would have asked 12 years ago Stacy if she felt like she was talking about holistic wellness I would have said yes because I thought that I was also talking about sleep and exercise and those kinds of things and I would call it a lifestyle and holistic wellness and There's so much that we learned through the pandemic, through being foster parents around community care, about our own privilege, about 
things we did not know before about our own emotional well-being and how that's physically tied to physical well-being and all these kinds of things that just was like this all goes into wellness why do we think of these things so separately i've got to talk about this more on the show because so many of us especially who are listeners who are type a's with autoimmune disease which i know is a large part of our listener base all are taking on these stresses in our life and probably have traumas that weren't dealt with and that's why we go into this like controlling mode to solve everybody's problems and how that doesn't serve us because our body is constantly in fight or flight mode and part of why our bodies get stressed out and overwhelmed and why hadn't any of that been part of the discussion early on like yes we talked about reduce your stress but that's entirely different from change who you are as a person <laughs> like that's not an easy thing to do and you certainly can't do it after reading it once in a book. Absolutely. Today's podcast is brought to you by ButcherBox. They're offering you a choice of weeknight meal essentials free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. If you're looking for solutions that deliver convenience, value, and being better for you and the planet... I happen to like supporting those kinds of brands myself. ButcherBox is worth giving a shot. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? With four teenagers and the cost of food skyrocketing, having the convenience of ButcherBox delivered and for great deals keeps everyone satiated in our house. It is the one-stop solution for saving time and money year-round while supporting sustainable and ethical animal treatment. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, which means health-promoting benefits like conjugated linoleic acid and omega-3 fatty acids. Plus, it's always shipped for free, frozen, right to your door in an eco-friendly box, 100% recyclable, and there is certified B Corp focused on quality for you, the animal, and the earth. You can choose from a variety of box plan options, including your own custom options, which is what we do. If it's been a while since you've given ButcherBox a try or it's your first time, I am confident you'll be impressed with lots of options and this deal is too good to pass up. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com WholeView and use code WholeView to choose your free offer and get $20 off. What I was trying to tell you is that it really doesn't matter the truth of things or whether or not it's science backed or anything like this. Talk about the, it, the tarot card reading and the tarot cards. What what it is? Do you find it useful for you to improve yourself, to move on, and become a better version of yourself? It doesn't matter if it's based on magic or magical thinking or whether it's based on an actual hard scientific data, when it comes to, is it improving your life? That's the point that I was making. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And 
why we recently did a show about placebo like that show wasn't originally rooted in so much about the placebo effect but it was important for me to bring in the science of it because of how powerful the stories that we tell ourselves are and whether it's this astrology reading tells me whatever or in my case the tarot card reading that I had in Puerto Rico that was a rhinoceros hugging a kid and immediately the story that my brain told me is I need to protect kiddo and that's not what that card said right like that lady didn't know that I had a foster child like there she (laughs) she was not actually psychic but those kinds of things alert you to what is truly important that maybe other things in your life are drowning out and you're not able to hear until you get those reminders. Absolutely. So you've gone to this interview format and secretly you are extremely good at interviewing and your interviews are impressively well-researched and you find areas of discussion that guests don't hear in other settings. So what is your process for researching and finding interesting questions to pursue? Because this seems to be a talent that you never realized that you had. I would say I do think that it's a talent that I knew that I've had since maybe 10 years. Because I feel like I've really learned a lot working with Sarah in terms of being able to hear what she was saying and bringing it to where I think the listeners would want answers or like distilling it into a way that was understood and practical for life. And that was my goal going into interviews. You and I talked about how that was something that I was good at and wanting to apply that moving forward. And the other thing that you've told me before that, like, I wouldn't have necessarily realized about myself, but now it's very obvious is that I'm good at researching. And I remember being good at researching when I was in college and school and really enjoying it because I'm a curious person. I like learning. And I love like stalking these guests and finding areas of their life that they didn't put in their bio for us to talk about. And you, as the producer of the show, you hear the full recording that other people don't hear. And quite often I am told, I ask really great questions. They haven't been asked those questions before that I was more well-prepared for the show than any podcast they've ever been on. And part of that was because Sarah and I spent so long creating a Google Doc that we worked in together to try to create balance on the show that when we went to this new format, like, I didn't know how to do it without a Google Doc. I didn't know how to do it without, like, planning the questions and then thinking through what that answer might be. Because the way Sarah and I did it is oftentimes... She would write what she wanted to talk about. And then I would write the question to get her to say the answer. (laughs) And so I oftentimes read people's books or I stalk their social media or 
I go in a deep dive through their LinkedIn and I'm reading the recommendations of other people or different kinds of things. And from there, I derive where I think I see something that's a little bit different than what they're sharing with everybody else, right? Either a glimmer that they don't realize that is their passion that wasn't included in like the stats that their publicity people sent me or I remember one particular interview where I brought up that someone was a foster child and she was like, how do you know that? <laughs> it's, like, it's all on the, it's on the internet. And she was like, what? So I think that research is really important for me for that aspect, because also I know that my listeners can, there's some listeners that listen to like multiple health shows where the same guests might be on. And I don't want them to listen to the same show that they've heard before. It would be really easy to show up and ask the five questions that the publicity company sends over for the interview that you've booked. Like, hey, these are topics that my person can speak to. And I would say 99% of the time I use less than two of those questions because there might be one or two that I'm like, yeah, these are good. Let's talk about that. But it's a starting point for the conversation that I want to have. And what I really want to know, a lot of it's also selfish, right? Like I want to know certain information or different kinds of things. And I use the show as my own discovery from that aspect. But I don't just stop there. And this part of your question is rooted in not just the questions that I asked, but I actually research the answers so that when we're having a conversation and they give me the answer, I know whether or not it's factual. And I know whether or not there's more follow-up questions that I want to ask to it that they might not have brought in. And that is where sometimes the conversation gets really interesting or that we end up with circumstances where we like cut things out. There's quite a few shows where we cut out large segments of the show or interviews or not moved forward with releasing something that we recorded. I try to weave, like to wean those out when booking people, I do a lot of the research before I confirm booking someone, but sometimes it gets through and something's in left field and I'm like, what did they just talk about? No, we cannot include that. I'm always impressed by how you, because you've get, now that you've had a show on for 12 years, you get a lot of requests, like, can I be on your show? And you don't accept everybody. You actively try to make sure that this person is one who they say they are but two actually has a unique insight that they're an expert in or something like that and not that they're just there because they have something they want to plug something they want to sell because uh, it would be very easy to just have all people who are trying to market things they're out there they're really out there but uh, you really try hard and i'm impressed by this to make sure that these people are the real deal before you have them on. I can't even believe some of the people who pitch coming out to the show. And I feel very lucky that we have enough interest of people who want to be on the show that are actually able to, in 2023, made a goal for myself to not book anyone who was cishet white male. That there needed to be a platform for underrepresented and marginalized voices and that I could use my platform in that way to help people who otherwise wouldn't 
have as much opportunity as others. And I think that there's been two or three people since I committed to that, that I've decided, okay, this person doesn't meet that standard, but they bring something really special and unique to the show. Like last week, I felt like Dr. Kimmel was an exception to that because of the work that he was doing for marginalized and underprivileged groups of people that his was a story that I wanted to include and lift up. But it is with great intention that I make that choice because let me just tell you, there is no more confident person than a cishead white man pitching himself to a podcast. (laughs) There are so many people who have zero experience, zero education, zero certifications who want to come on this show and tell listeners that they need what they're selling. And they might be selling services. They might be selling product. They're always selling something. And they oftentimes do not have the credentials. But they have so much confidence. And sometimes when I'm like reaching out to people who are not being pitched through firms and those kinds of things but who I'm reaching out to and saying hey I love your voice I'd love to have you on the show or like oh my gosh really thank you so much blah 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 and like I'm like you have the experience you have the knowledge you have what I want to bring on to the show but they don't have the confidence that some of these people Mm. have and the audacity you've seen some of the emails that I get right like the audacity of some of these people to call themselves a doctor when they don't have a PhD. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? How is that even legal? I don't understand. There was one particular guy that I talked about on social media, and his website was something like the doctor, right? That's not what mm-hmm. it is, but like, let's just say that's what it is. He was not a PhD, he did not have any sort of like licensure or certification to be giving anybody health advice, but he was hugely popular and wanted to be on the show. And sometimes like I've turned down people who have double digit million followers on social media, even though it would be a boost to the show for listeners and ratings and whatever, help us financially, so to speak, but I can't physically cannot bring myself to have someone on the show if I know that their values or who they are as a person don't align with what I want to be sharing with the community that we've built here. And sometimes I get frustrated with myself because that's to our detriment. But most often I'm proud of that, that like my brand has been authenticity and I'm able to continue to maintain that in terms of screening people and bringing people on. And I remember there was one, one particular guest that I knew was going to be a difficult interview because this person was someone that part of their work I respected, part of their work was really rooted in diet culture. And I wanted to share some of the knowledge that they were sharing that was really great without bringing in the aspects of the body shame that was coming up and 
I had to lead that conversation. It was awkward and I was so stressed about it. And I was like, this person is someone I respect. They have a large following. But at the same time, I can't let these thoughts and statements be something that my community thinks is okay. And I had to call it out. And there was feedback on the show as being like, you didn't let this expert be the expert. No, I didn't because I don't agree. That's a good thing for them to tell you to do. And so sometimes it's hard and it's, I'm like uncomfortable or awkward myself and trying to figure out how to navigate that. But I think for the most part, we catch it before it's in front of us, right? We look at the ridiculousness of, we got pitched. You were going to follow up with the guy who people have died doing his excursions, right? Like there's just mm-hmm. so many things. In- Oftentimes you're like, oh, Stacy, you don't know this person. I'm like, I don't because I don't keep up with that stuff because I want my podcast to be fresh. I want to be fresh on it. I don't want to be like following what other people are doing, but you do. And you're you're like, how do you not know about the thing? And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." yeah, well, it's you've uh, selected some very fantastic guests and it's really astounding the range that you have gotten. So I have to ask, what are some hidden gems you think that you have interviewed that are probably not the most listened to, but really have some good insights that you want other people to uh, experience as well? This question feels unfair on the spur of the moment. The first thing that comes to mind was Nina, because I remember having a conversation with you before I recorded for the first time with Nina and I didn't want to record with her and I was feeling frustrated. And I was like, I don't even know what her platform is. How am I going to have this conversation? And you and I both were blown away by Nina Mendelssohn, who focuses on body peace and just felt really safe after that show. And it was a turning point for me in further understanding where I wanted to talk more about the show in terms of it's not enough just to say, like, I'm ditching diet culture, anti-diet. There had to be a huge arc to body peace and self-love, right? Like, that's not one in the same. and. The latter requires a lot of emotional healing and trauma work and that kind of stuff. And so I don't know that I would have, at least I wouldn't have gotten there the way that I did or as quickly as I did without Nina's first show with us was transformative for me. I also want to pull out my friend Jennifer Robbins, who has been a really good friend of mine for probably a decade. We met each other physically in Alexandria when she lived here her husband's in the military she now lives in florida and i remember i was speaking at a local event and she came up to me after and we had a conversation and i was really encouraging and invited her over to the house or something and she was like i can't believe that you're so nice and welcoming and i was like well there's plenty of people who need help like the pie is big enough for all of us oh i was like it's not pie right? There's a space, there's space for everybody. And if I welcome you into the fold, it's nothing less for me. And that really stuck with her 
and empowered her to kick off an amazing career of her own in the space. And we became good friends. She does not like doing podcasts. She told me this like after we recorded half a dozen podcasts together. She's like, they make me really nervous and uncomfortable. But I think one of the one of the shows that also really sticks out for me is when she first talked about neuroplasticity because I think that's a topic that more people understand and we've had professionals come onto the show and talk about that and I use the Grand Canyon analogy almost all the time now yes for real but it was her introduction to the idea of pre-mapping neural pathways that brought that idea up and has been a strong focus through our personal life and on the podcast since. Well, that's wonderful. I have really enjoyed that show too. And I think that is something that I think people tend to not think about, which is that you do have patterns in your brains and you can change them. And that it's important to try to do that if it, there's something there that's not working for you. Seeing her go from unable to fly to having taken multiple flights in the last two years and just the journey that she's been on is inspirational for me to see what that type of application could do for example kiddo who struggles so much that I often find myself asking what's the story your brain is telling yourself right now why does your brain think that it's protecting you and is making the choice to like make you anxious or upset or whatever about this thing in this moment. And can you instead tell your brain a different story? Can you get off that pathway out of the Grand Canyon and go on a different path that you want to be on better? And anyway, I call that out as being like a very underappreciated episode because I don't think I've ever given credit to Jen for being the first one to bring that up and to dive deeper into it on the show. And I adore her and I think that she is at the forefront of a lot of different health things that sometimes are woo-woo like Reiki, but we laugh about that, right? Like that we can have some difference of opinion and still learn and be open and maybe I get to the mindset that you get like, okay, well, if that works for you, I'm glad it's working for you. Or maybe I actually learn about energy fields outside the body. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, well, well, we're on that journey together. But I think that's what's fun about the show is it is rooted in science. And there's, it would not be science if there wasn't sometimes exploration of things unknown, right? There's a lot of things that we don't believe them until they're proven. But we could also be open to the idea that there are things that we don't yet know that are still true. Absolutely. Speaking of learning, as we all know, failure is sometimes the best way to learn something. So what's something that has gone wrong on the show that has led to you learning something that you wouldn't have otherwise? That's a good question, Matthew. The example that comes to mind is the leading interview that I mentioned earlier with the person who I had a lot of respect for. And I definitely would handle that situation differently in the future. It's not that I think that I did anything wrong. I just think that 
I would have brought listeners along to understand where my mindset was openly on the show, um, which is just another example of my my branding being authenticity and transparency is truly who I am, right? And if I haven't informed listeners of what I'm thinking or feeling, like you can feel my tension and my awkwardness because that's hard for me to hide. And so how I handled it on the probiotic show was very differently where I just was like, no, mm -mm, I'm not, <laughs> I don't accept that. And I'm not going to let that be something that's said to my listeners. And I'm not even just going to like cut this part out because I think that if that's a message that you're sharing in your channels, and I've told my listeners to go check your channels out, I want them to know that this particular thing that you're saying is something that I have a different opinion on, and I want to help them understand why that is. I want to present the information and let them decide for themselves instead of trying to control the situation and just being like, this is what we can or cannot talk about and directing it and being overtly controlling. Like that wasn't something that ultimately benefited anybody. I hear you. Today's podcast is brought to you by Lumi. Get 40% off a starter pack with the $5 off promo code WholeView at lumideodorant.com, maker of products safe enough to use anywhere. And my perimenopausal friends know why we need this everywhere. Funny, I actually heard an ad for another brand recently claiming their products could be used everywhere, but it wasn't actually approved by medical professionals or tested for safety, and they had to put like a warning at the end of the commercial. But Lumi is both gentle and effective. It is a game-changing whole body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to work not only on pits, but also on feet, privates, and everywhere else we get odor. And no matter where you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day long thanks to its one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula. And they've got over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it, which is probably why competitors are trying to go after them, but you cannot touch the difference of Lumi. The solid deodorant is great under the arms. The kids love it because it doesn't irritate, and even the body wash is super helpful. I am so impressed with how great it's been for stinky feet. We might have a problem in our house, but not anymore. Um, because Lumi is attacking the bacteria that is creating the stench from sweat in their feet and really everywhere. Because really, if having four teenagers doesn't qualify me to talk about what works to stop body odor, I don't know what would. I've actually used the unscented cream Lumi deodorant for years myself. I apply it like lotion anywhere. My skin folds or is prone to sweating and yes, even lady bits. And now we have a solution for pits, privates, and beyond that lasts a whopping 72 hours with Lumi. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, the cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like the mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. And as a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code WHOLEVIEW at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code 
whole view. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. So if somebody wants to join this exciting world of casting pods, what is your advice on a successful show? How do you define a successful show? One that's lasted 12 years. I mean, someone could be doing this 12 years and just like putting it out into the ether themselves, right? Well, Um, how about this? Let's rephrase. How do you keep it interesting for yourself after all these years? How do you keep yourself engaged? And what is it that makes your style of podcasting? I follow something that is true to me from the start, which is my own curiosity and wanting to learn. And so there is something truly authentic to someone's values or core being follow that and you don't have to put tight reins around it but i think in wanting to share about something that's important to me the definition of success becomes somewhat irrelevant it's relevant in so far that we need numbers to show to a network, to show to advisors, pay the mortgage. But for most people, that's not something that they're trying to attain, at least immediately. It took us nine years to get there. Right. And so I think if you are consistent in being focused on what you're curious about and you're passionate about, that authenticity comes through right people want to connect with the genuineness of your excitement for something because that excites them and is contagious people's enthusiasm is contagious people's positivity is contagious and there's also a lot of podcasts that are super popular that show people's negativity is contagious and people's fear-mongering is contagious, right? Like this idea that people connect with the feelings that they want to enhance. And for me, when I stayed true to what I wanted to enhance in people's lives, the betterment of their lives or learning together and all of those things, it's exciting to want to do it. I don't think about it as being a chore or a frustration. It's we'll talk at the dinner table because the kids don't listen to the show. Why? Why would they support my work? But I'll be like, oh, I had Jeffrey Marsh on the show today. And that was like the very first guest that we had in the very first show. And I was so proud and I wanted to brag a little bit to myself, to the kids, who I knew that they knew who Jeffrey was. And the kids are usually like, whatever. Okay, whatever. But now when we talk about the show, I will say, oh, we were talking about X, Y, or Z on the show, or yeah, I heard about that in the podcast. And now, like, they have a different kind of respect for it than they did before the last hundred episodes. It's like now they're proud of me because it's my show and they're curious or excited. And like, they'll ask me questions like, oh, what's the show about this week? Or things like that. Or if I'm recording and it's during a holiday break or whatever, they'll be like, oh, what was your show about? Like, different kinds of things. I don't know. It just feels really special to me that the kids would be interested and 
I think that translates to it's because it's topics and guests that I'm interested in or I'm curious about and often you as well, right? Like topics that we would be talking about as a family in some way or another anyway. And so it like translates that way. I will say the other thing that's really cool is that the kids love that we get ads that like who is sponsoring the show and when things show up in the door they're like oh is this one that's sponsoring the podcast and then they like gives me so much clout because they heard that brand (laughs) advertised on something they were listening to elsewhere like youtube or whatever and so working with a network that keeps us cool and hip is another thing that i think definitely helps the show because if we had to find ways to make this work that i do and let's call it work because between you me and lauren we probably have about 20 hours that go into each episode by the time it comes out in terms of booking guests and all the research the recording the editing that you know making the graphics the social the blog post for it like all the things and so to be on a network that helps us then make that work be something that is paid has made the podcast tenable like i don't think that i could have kept it in my life the last two years if it was the drain on our accounts that it was for so long and it is because of our amazing listeners for being so committed and for listening to the show and leaving amazing reviews that and allowing us to like add sponsors which for a long time we didn't yeah and some people were very upset about it because we hadn't for a long time and now people who have made that journey have made it so that we can continue to do this for a long time yeah and we couldn't if it weren't for the partners that we have and the listeners like it's the show could not exist just because we are a family and this is our job and we take it seriously and we we want to deliver value for the people who are listening and in return to be compensated for that work feels amazing and i'm so grateful for it ultimately i think the answer to the question what helps the longevity of the show is really twofold one it's committing to something that you really want to talk about for 10 years and in my case curiosity learning all that kind of stuff Uh, but two coming up with a strategy to help it be something that contributes income to our family certainly makes it so that it's prioritized and feeling really grateful for that opportunity grateful that is my work that i that this is what i get to do helps too right like feeling excited about that absolutely so you end each episode with the statement that of your goal to listen learn and unlearn ways of being your best self in the course of the last 100 episodes what have you learned or unlearned that has been the most impactful for you i think the area that comes to mind 
is a little more broad than you mean. But my understanding of personal growth has really changed. My belief system in the definition of success when I worked in corporate America and even when I left maybe that first year or two revolved around accolades and accomplishments and feeling like if I did the most, if I was the most successful by whatever societal standard existed, be it monetary or winning some award or whatever it was that there was a validation in that for me personally that I have come to understand does not serve me. And that I think of the Imani Barber show where she talked about these metrics that are set by the society that we've structured to revolve around money, that in a capitalist society, everything revolves around money and therefore our sense of worth has become conflated with money and success and how much value and productivity we're able to put into the profitable system rather than the value that we can put into the world outside of something that's monetary. And that really stuck with me in a lot of different ways. Certainly, considering my own stigmas and phobia about my fatness and understanding that my desire to be perceived as hardworking was rooted in my own fat phobia and my worry that other people were perceiving me as lazy and that I had to prove X, Y, or Z to not be perceived that way. Um, a lot of things have come up on the show and I talk about like being an auditory processor because I've been through therapy a lot my whole life when I was very young, support groups and all these things, but it is in learning from some of these experts and then unlearning. That episode perhaps had the most unlearning for me to realize like that there was a lot about how I had been living my life and needed to unpack a lot of that of how we as a society value able bodies because they're productive and that sort of thing that really helped me open my eyes to being a more inclusive person. Like I thought that I was that person before I have a feminist degree for Pete's sake, but there was so much that went into that I truly didn't understand. And I'm sure I still don't, right? It's the constant learning process that excites me about the show is I will answer that question differently next year and I would have answered it differently last. Absolutely. So it's been great having you on the show. Is and <laughs> I like to always leave listeners with some positive oh, actionable you, suggestions. You do you you always that like they to can take to be of service and work on themselves. Okay. Do you have anything that you would like to share? The number one thing that I will tell listeners is to go listen to any episode of the last 100 that you haven't heard yet. Because every single one will give you something to take away to be of service to work on yourself. It's a very good answer, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> one answer I feel good about this whole show. <laughs> so, Stacey, we do have a special surprise for you. 
your four children have all recorded a short message for you to celebrate a hundred years of doing this show by yourself. A hundred years. A hundred years. I don't know if it's been a hundred years. A hundred episodes. And they'd like to share that with you now. Hello, this snippet is brought to the guy that used to do the sponsorship before he fell out. A, you know, it's Wesley, most likely the favorite child. Just a day in the life. Uh, I want to congratulate my mother for making 100 episodes independently. So, that's very good for her. We all support her. I always love coming onto the show, especially that one episode when I talked about ADHD. That was like a Patreon exclusive, something along those lines, but it was all extremely cool, and I loved it, you know? Congratulations to my mom. Good job, mom. Congrats on 100 episodes. It's good to have you around, because you can work from home now. Love you. This is a written message from our foster child, and they say, I love you, mom. Congrats on your 100th episode of your podcast, Congrats on 100 episodes. Stacy, are you ready to hear your words repeated back to you as I close this show? That's so uncomfortable. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you'd like to keep in touch, which Stacy highly recommends, basically as are through our social media, we put a list of resources into the show notes for you at realeverything.com. And you can head to patreon.com slash the whole view to get all of our shows delivered to your inbox ad free which is a really great way to support the show that we create and produce ourselves. And seriously, if you enjoyed the show, can you leave a review saying so? It costs you nothing except about 30 seconds of time and makes a huge difference in Stacy being able to continue to do this. And don't forget to follow or subscribe in the Costcast app that you're using. As always, we appreciate your willingness to be open to growth through your own personal changes. No one is perfect, but in listening, learning, and unlearning, we can choose to become better versions of ourselves for ourselves. I just want to thank my guest today, Stacey Toff, for being a guest on my show. Can you say goodbye to everybody? Listeners, thanks for helping us get to this point, and I look forward to the work that we're going to continue to do together. Thank you, Matt, for having me on your show today. <laughs> I assure everyone that will be back to the regular scheduled guest starting next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.